This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So, um, gosh, this episode, what didn't we cover? We, we talked about Chubba Webba. <laughs> no, I don't know. We found out that that's actually not the, not the name of the band. It's Chumba Wumba. That's correct. But we did go through an entire episode <laughs> referencing Chubba Wubba, <laughs> which when we say Chubba Wubba, I picture Chewbacca for some reason. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Well, even would you say Chumba Wumba? I still pictured Chewbacca. Okay, but this was a this was a really fun one because I like to hear your story about. Well, yeah, I had direct yeah contact with some people with this movie. Uh, yeah, I like that. Well, thank you. I you also yeah. like Chubba Wubba. <laughs> no, I said I said I I don't like that name. Well, we'll let the listeners decide. Well, here we go. Yes. Okay. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl, true story. This is Tig and Cheryl, true story. Is it not? Yeah, why are you asking? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you should be telling people. It's not like, right? That's well, what we're Okay, doing? let me take charge. Tig yeah. and Cheryl, colon, true story. Should we be adding the colon in? It's always good to add to, a colon. I don't think you verbally have to add it. I think okay. it's better if you ignore it verbally. All right. Tig and Cheryl... Not, not even gonna look at that. Hmm. True story. You do it. Tig and tr- Tig and Cheryl. Oh, Trill. okay. You know what? I'm gonna take the reins again. <laughs> Tig and Cheryl. True story. True story. Yeah. This episode is about the documentary A Band Called Death. I'm assuming you had heard of the band called Death, Cheryl. Um, uh, it's probably gonna shock you when I say no. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't either. I had not heard of them either but i do love music i love music don't I try love, to act like i don't love music 
not here to fight you about it. Okay. That's just the way you said it was sort of accusatory. Uh, No, you go. Uh, You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You go, you go. When I saw this promoted online, Mm -hmm. I immediately thought, I got to watch this. And I have to say, I love this story so, so much. I tell everybody about this documentary. I tell everybody about death, the band, and uh, and there's a twist in the story. I don't want to go into that just yet, but um, it is pretty amazing. The whole story <laughs> is fascinating. I know it I is know. fascinating, um, and the mu- and it's really fun to listen to the music. And um, I am I'm really um, intrigued by musicians and people who. You know, they get up in the morning and they sing. Oh, listen to this voice. Yeah. Or they play their instrument or whatever it is, like all day long, all night long. And then they go to bed and get up in the morning and do it all again. And that's. They don't get up in the morning. That's where you're wrong. They They get up around three in the afternoon. In the afternoon. And then they start. Because they were playing their instruments. Playing all night long. But it's something in them that they just, you know, that they feel like. I don't know. They've just been given a gift, if you will. Well, isn't that how you are? Aren't you improving through life as you go? Uh, you can't stop improving. I get up in the morning and I do a few monologues. <laughs> then I have lunch. Then I get right back to it, do some more monologues. In the living room, even if nobody's listening. Oh, nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me when I say nobody's listening. And were you, were you, uh, are you musical in any way? Or um, what about your siblings? Did you ever start a partridge family type situation? Um, uh, well, I was in the choir mm. in Can high we hear a little something? In the bleak midwinter. Please tell me you were homeschooled. Imagine that with eight-part harmony. That was okay. just my... And by the way, we were singing, you know, in the bleak midwinter. We didn't have good songs. Um, but I did love music. And you'll be interested to know when I was in high school, my friends and I would have a punk rock party every year. Mm. Mm-hmm. So were you a punk Edgy. rocker? Uh, I would say no. Mm. But I was... Uh, I liked it. And okay. we like to feel like we were really, um, you know, bucking the system. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what, That's your vibe. <laughs> you know, I feel like we should uh, give people a little more information about uh, right. this before we get too yes, caught up yes. in your punk rock days. Mm-hmm. A Band Called Death, it's a, a 2012 documentary directed by Mark Christopher Covino mm-hmm. and Jeff Howlett. It profiles three black brothers who, while growing up in Detroit in the 60s and 70s, form a pioneering punk rock band known as Death. Death predated the Ramones, Cheryl. I hear you. faded into obscurity before being rediscovered in the 2000s and gaining fame. It's extraordinary. It's so extraordinary. I mean, the fact that they predated the Ramones, that and and they were in Detroit. I know, which during, is also yeah, during Motown when every yeah when, when that was the vibe and mm-hmm. and 
Aretha uh, Franklin, Jackson oh Five, gosh. Smokey Robinson. They were all the Temptations. It was all that, you know, feel good, um, everybody sing along music. And then these guys. These guys. These guys. Punk rocking their faces off. <laughs> I I really enjoyed punk music as a kid. And, you did? Uh, well, yeah, I was certainly not a punk rocker, but I loved the Sex Pistols. I loved the Ramones. I mean, yeah, even one of my... appreciation. What's that? You had an appreciation for it. Well, even beyond an appreciation, I oh. I loved mm. these bands. I mean, even even a band like the Pretenders that was that was that straddled the the punk and rock world. Mm-hmm. Chrissy Hines very punk rock as far as attitude, and I think a lot of it has to. I mean, there's a lot of political implications with punk rock, and mm-hmm. there's. Um, there's a lot going on there, but but I was certainly not a tried and true punk rocker. Right, right. You weren't like poking yourself with a safety pin, isn't that what they did? I think so. Mm-hmm. Not death. Not a band called Death. No, not a, not no. These guys. It's so interesting to watch them because they're very joyful. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I I I just found so. Um, fascinating because you would think that it would come from this dark, yeah. angry place. But but the two brothers that are in this, um, they are very joyful people and really I don't two know, brothers that are in the in the movie that are in the movie that are in yeah. the movie. Right. I kept telling Stephanie, man, I would have wanted to hang out with those guys. I know they had such a cool style. Not just I their know. music, but they were all cute. And they all had a really great 70s look. And yeah. I just wanted so desperately to be in the recording studio with them. I know. And just trailing along as their biggest fan in the world. I know. It would be so fun. I know. Yeah. Me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with death. Well, I love, too, that they that they practiced at their house and their mom said, okay, from you can play from three to six and that's it. Yeah. But how great that she was supporting that. I love it. She's just like, great. So let's just, let's tell everybody sort of what happens in this, right? Okay. Yeah. Walk us through it. In Detroit, right? These Mm -hmm. brothers grow up with the musical parents, if you will. I mean, they uh, expose them to different music and the guys, what did they say? They were so influenced by um, the Beatles, Mm -hmm. where they saw the Beatles. Alice Cooper. And then Alice Cooper. The uh, Who. And then the Who. Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> My voice is not going to get any higher. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love that the parents are exposing them to these different artists. And and like we were saying, at the time, it probably would have been easy to just stick with Motown. And this mm-hmm. is what you should listen to. And this is what you should follow. But they really encourage them to find their own path and well didn't they before they became death weren't they doing more of like a funk and soul oh. and... <gasps> their first the first name of their band was rock fire funk express yes which i love yes. and if i had a tattoo that's what it would say <laughs> you should have it put on your nose rock fire funk express what Mm-mm. on my nose i don't yeah, have just right at the tip of your nose like a tiny well, just uh, not just 
to fill out the just the whole nose. Okay. I mean, that's where I don't have a tattoo. But that's where you would get well, one. I do. I have a dot on the inside of my knee because my brother threw a ballpoint pen at my leg when I was in sixth grade and I pulled it out and I'm tattooed. So if uh, I mean, it stuck into your skin. It did. And so I always tell people if I go missing and they say, does she have a tattoo? You can say, yes, there is one dot on the inside of her knee. Wow. But if I got another tattoo. It's very dateline. Yes. I've always thought I'd get a hot dog and a hot dog bun on Mm. the tip of my nose. That's punk rock. I hope you don't. That's like, I don't care. That is. I hope I don't either. <laughs> that's, uh, I'm going to talk to Stephanie about that because. I really hope I don't get a hot dog in a hot dog bun. I really hope you don't. Ugh. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So these guys, so so they start this band and, um, and then they, <gasps> and then. Yeah. Uh-huh. Their father died. Yes. And so tragically. Yes. The guy he was working with, with the electric company or something, electrocutes himself, right? Falls off the pole. And the, you know, Papa Hackney, these are the Hackney boys, and then their dad goes and gets this guy, puts him in his truck or car to take him for medical uh, help go to the hospital, and then a drunk driver hits him and kills him. It's just... It's devastating. It's devastating, and it's tragic, and it's and it's so sad. And um, David, who was... One of the brothers. The, and sort of the band leader. Yeah, you know, for sure. Self-designated. Um, he, was, he was so um, affected by this that he decided to name the band Death. Right. So um, the other brothers went along with it mm-hmm. because David was so passionate about it and felt like, you know, because his death affected us so much. And I, and he, and David said, you know, death shouldn't be a bad thing or a good thing. It just is part of everyone's life and we should accept it and... um acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and so named the band death and then they started getting some traction Mm -hmm. right how could they not they were so (laughs) they they, they were so great and then uh they started getting attention and and recording studios were looking at them and or not studios i guess but labels and said we really like what you're doing but your band cannot be named death Clive Davis, in Clive. fact, from Arista Records. The man. The man. And said... One of the men. Yeah, and said, change the name of your band and then let's talk. Let's do it. We'll give you 20 grand, yeah. which was not nothing Yeah, back then. Yeah. Even now, I wouldn't be upset if somebody said, here, take this $20,000. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. Let's listen. No. Let's just let everyone hear um, what what death sounds like, if you will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The number one biggest game is when they think I'm a famous, like a rich at the top, because they want to be lost. They don't care who they step on, as long as they get along, politicians and my eyes. 
God, I love them. Okay, so that was their They're vibe. Great. That was their sound. Yeah. And um, before the Ramones. Before the Ramones. Which is also interesting because later in the documentary, you hear from um, their brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just but just to know that the, he didn't the Ramones didn't even know this music existed at the time. I know it's fascinating. Yeah. It's so fascinating. So you know the band Death. Yep. David refused to budge on the name, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nobody wanted them on their record label. Yeah, they were such a, a tight knit brotherhood. Yeah. And uh, and they really, you know, I found it interesting. I believe that David was maybe, not that I believe, not that I think anyone's not telling the truth, but, you know, this was his vision. He was He was kind of the visionary in the band, and everyone kind of gave that to him. But there were moments in the movie where I thought, don't give it all to David. I know. You guys, you guys are so incredible as well. Yeah. I mean... Their musicianship and their their um, their brotherhood, the whole yeah. thing. It's a it's so woven together beautifully that yes, yeah. David was incredible, but you, sir, and you, sir, are equally as incredible. Yeah. And every time I was looking at that old footage, I was just, uh, just I don't know. I just I I, I wanted them to take more credit for. Um, their contributions and yeah and Dennis and Bobby so Dennis and Bobby were the, the other brothers and the band sort of uh, broke up after that because David was never going to change the other two brothers were happy to change the name to get a, a recording label involved and totally flexible to do what you got to do to get 20 grand and get out there and rock yeah and uh, David said no and that was the death of death oh Mm-hmm. That was a death of death. Mm-hmm. But by the way, yes, I mean I understand David's point of view. I mean, when when you do experience a death in your life, yeah, it's so overwhelming and it it's complicated and yeah. And I don't know why we don't talk about it more mm-hmm. in everyday life because everybody's going to die, and it's always shocking when it happens. Mm-hmm. It's just shocking. I don't know why it shouldn't be because it's going to happen. Well, you know whose death was not shocking? Huh? Your father's. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you, you told me that story. I know. It's really, and I'm not laughing because my father died. It's of not. course. No. Uh, it's, a lo- it's a long story. One day I'll, I'll tell the whole story, but yeah. Now I just look like a jerk. <laughs> we've talked about it because it's you know it's one of those things yeah he was he was he wasn't supposed to make it through the night cut to but he did many nights he kept making it through and there were a lot of oh my god come quick everybody say goodbye and you know day five it's like oh my god (laughs) i got nothing left hey dad uh remember the playhouse that you built for cat that was so hey thank thank you for that thank you for that if you know it's my sister's like yeah you already said that five times like all right um hey dad you know it was just like 
it got to the point where it was comical. It was time to go. It was time. He, oh, and then he'd open his eyes and say, God damn it. Because he was still alive. <laughs> he'd try hard. Yeah, he was ready to go. He would say goodbye. He was trying to die. He would say goodbye. He'd drift off to sleep. We'd all cry, stand there, sit there. <laughs> Hours are going by. He'd open his eyes and say, God damn it. <laughs> and it was just like another 24 hours goes by. <laughs> it's just, but, it's, but, it's, but life doesn't prepare you for those moments. Well, I have to say, I almost, in this pandemic, my stepfather, he texted for his first time. Mo- both of my parents passed away a couple of years of each other. And um, so my parent now is my stepfather. And he texted... This was unusual for him. He's a very buttoned up, kind of stoic, removed personality. But he he did it. And then my boys wanted to FaceTime with him. Well, he's never done that. Mm. And so I get him on FaceTime. And, of course, the angle that he has (laughs) is just his nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, up to the (laughs) ceiling. And I'm talking to him. And then he's not responding. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Rick, and there's nothing. And at first I was like, oh, my God, my stepfather died on FaceTime. <laughs> and I was so, hor- I mean, my heart stopped. And then one second later, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be the funniest story to tell that my stepfather <laughs> died on, on FaceTime. <laughs> what material (laughs) well it just provides itself Mm -hmm. always i mean i haven't told my stepfather that i thought he died on facetime but he's gonna laugh he's gonna think that's great he'll he'll think that's hilarious but yes that was a shocking almost death and and true most deaths are surprising but i did want to add in and i'm sorry to force you into telling your father's death story but it's one of the funniest stories (laughs) I've ever heard. Well, I mean, it's 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 funny because he was ready to go, and he was just as annoyed as everyone else, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> but you're right. It is it is something to talk about. It is something to acknowledge and prepare for. Not that you need right. to be, you know, your life needs to be in constant preparation for death, but um, unless it's the band, hey. So cut to Bobby and Dennis moved mm-hmm. to Burlington, which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> and they they still, you know, they've got... These they, guys don't follow the path ever that you no, think and they're, they're going to follow. Very resilient. Yeah. So these guys get, go to Burlington. <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. I don't know. It's just such an odd choice. Anyway, and they want to play music and they start playing music. Yeah. Right? Why not? So they and then they start another band. They start a reggae band called Lamb's Bread. Can we hear a little bit of that? I like this. Please don't sing along. Fire up. <laughs> Fire up the gunja. See, you can dance to that, Tig. They have a good sound. Very good sound. Yeah, and it's a good groove. Yeah. Lamb's Bread. Lamb's bread. By the way, yeah. the word groove, my son Max 
Just asked Stephanie yesterday what a groove was because she said, oh, I'm getting in the groove. And then he came (laughs) up and he said, Mommy, what's a groove? (laughs) And one of my favorite things in the world is watching Stephanie, who I would put everything in me behind the statement. She's one of the smartest people I've met in my life. Watching her define words for our children (laughs) I stop everything I'm doing and I just say, go ahead, let's hear what is a group. And she could never possibly work for Webster's Dictionary, by the way. They are the worst definitions. They are the funniest things in the world. Oh my gosh, they're terrible. Anyway. I would have have loved to have heard that. I would have loved to have heard that. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So so these guys, okay, they play some reggae music. Things are pretty good. And then life goes on, right? right? One right. of the guys, I think Bobby, ends up being a maintenance person at the local college. And he's grateful that he has that job. And he does his music when he's not working. And and he has provided for his family. And, and then, so these guys had had kids. Mm-hmm. The boys grow up. They were all boys. They grow up musically inclined. These are the these are the sons of Bobby Hackney Sr. Okay. Yeah. This is this is not Grandpa Hackney. This is Bobby Hackney Sr. Who was in death in the band called Death. He has three sons, and by God. Go ahead, Cheryl. Well, I'm, I might get all the details wrong because I have a memory for like broad strokes instead sure. of. Um, anyway, it's you better can than Google what it. I have. 
What if that was our whole podcast? You could Google it. <laughs> we come on every week and we say, you know what? You rent the movie. Google it. There's Wikipedia, I'm sure. Ask around. Leave us alone. We watch the movie. We want to get bogged down. Yeah. What do you want from us? She's an actress. I'm a stand-up. You want to know about death? Buy the album. Watch the movie. Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. So what? So what are the boys moves to? He's not a boy anymore, right? No. He's a young adult. He moves to L.A. Is in the music. No, he scene. moves to San Francisco. Oh, okay, California. Yeah. Let's you know once again yeah. details. And is and how does he hear that song? A friend of his is uh, blogging about it. Uh, his friend came across this song, a forty-five vinyl, and was just really uh really blown away by it and in fact we have a clip about okay, this, this moment moment yeah okay good cheryl could you play it mm-hmm. <laughs> here it is <laughs> thanks cheryl you're so good with all the tech stuff <laughs> i did a little bit of research and it didn't take long before i came across this website called chunklet that uh, Ben Blackwell had posted two songs. I heard that song, Politicians in My Eyes, and I heard my dad's voice, and it was un unmistakable, unmistakably his. I mean, can you so, imagine? Mm -mm. Can you imagine being in your twenties and finding out that one of your parents did something so amazingly cool <laughs> that and, you had no idea? And the crazy part of it all is that Bobby Hackney Jr. and his brothers were into punk and skate music. And they never knew that their dad played it. It didn't come up. This is what blows my mind. It's not like these guys knew. They didn't know any of this. Right. And, and, and then here are these guys, <laughs> these, these three kids, these three young boys that are the sons of Bobby Hackney Sr. living in Burlington, Vermont, playing punk and skater music. Just that's what they were gravitating towards. And then to find out their dad was in this incredible, groundbreaking punk band in Detroit in the early 70s. How does your head not explode? And I don't mean to like get off topic here, but how attractive are these three they sons? They are. I, I know mean, they are. Bobby Hackney Sr. churned out three supermodel sons they are so cute they are very attractive and talented yeah so the sons were so excited mm -hmm. and blown away by what their dad and their uncles had done mm -hmm. with this recording that they wanted to release it they wanted to re-release it as an album well there was also a record collectors oh, and right. DJs and uh there was and the records were going for thousands of dollars yeah and P they were collectors items and even the guys uh from the band called Death uh were saying man if i knew 
people wanted a copy of this vinyl. I just would have given them to. He had no idea that this how valuable yeah. they were. So yeah, so it's so they they went to search for the original recording of recordings of the songs that they the had masters. Done. Yeah, yeah, and um, and they had it, you know, in a suitcase in, in an attic somewhere. Yes. In a suitcase in an attic. Oh, my God. It was so charming and sweet. And um, anyway. We didn't mention, by the way, hmm. that David ended up passing away. <gasps> oh, uh, that's. That's a huge part of this. But and this whole thing is called death. And we just yeah. pa- passed yeah. over it. The dad, yeah. Grandpa Hackney died. Mm. And then David Hackney died. And um, mm-hmm. apparently... He was an alcoholic and and uh, chain smoker. Yeah, and a chain smoker, and ended up having stage four cancer, and just not in great shape. And he passed away. Mm-hmm. And what I—that's the other thing that I found so uh, moving was how emotional and openly emotional Bobby Hackney Sr. I is. know. He so comfortably expressed his emotions. I know. And anytime sadness and tears came over him, it was so powerful and authentic. And he just destroyed me every time he would start to break down over these painful losses in his life. This may sound ridiculous, but you almost feel privileged watching mm-hmm. him because you it, you know that it's coming from a very... Um, genuine place and he's mm-hmm. he's just sh- sharing who he is with people he just seems not too proud on any level yeah and yeah. and it's really a, a tremendous quality and that's what kept coming over me when I would watch him I was just yeah. and this guy he's not too proud yeah and yeah. uh yeah, he's very human. Yeah. But David passed away after they had moved to Burlington. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of clear that yes, up. Yes, yes, you're right because that is a big part of the story. Yeah. Um and so the the re-release of this album was difficult because one of the band members had passed away. So the brothers, the young generation of Hackneys, decided to record they re-recorded politicians in my eyes and they named themselves rough francis rough francis was garnering attention from people Uh and sort of starting uh you know this movement towards death the band a band called death yes um so they decided to go and get Bobby and Dennis uh-huh. and have these guys come back together and start touring. Yes. And what's so crazy about this documentary is just hearing Bobby talk about his maintenance job. Bobby Sr. Sr. Mm-hmm. And then saying that somebody came in to find him and said, hey, do you mind not doing the maintenance job and do you mind going on tour and playing your music mm-hmm. and he talks about it it's just like a dream you know it's yeah, your 35 dream. years later 35 years and later. that clip when you're watching him um vacuum 
or polish the hallway. I just was thinking, well, that's that's an unknown legend right there. That's a rock star. And it's really, um, yeah, it was so exciting to see them at all these festivals and these venues with packed turnout. And by the way, they, they still sound great. Sound incredible. And then now there is the band Rough Francis who continues to play music and tour. In fact, when I was, um, after I had seen this movie the first time, this is, I think, the third time I've seen this movie. And um, I was so just floored by their their family, their music, their story, ev- everything. And on my tour schedule, I was headed to Burlington, Vermont. And I told Stephanie, this was like five or six years ago. I said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to hunt down Rough Francis and I'm going to see if they'll <laughs> open for me. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, oh, okay. end of story. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Okay. okay, go ahead. Yeah, so you you were looking for Rough Francis, which, by the way, I love that name. Isn't it great? Yeah, I have two Rough Francis t-shirts. Do you? I do. I want one. Um, I, mean, I, I bet yours. we can line that up. Mm-hmm. But I got in touch with them and asked them if they would open for me during my stand-up show, and I happened to be performing in this theater that was an old church. Oh, wow. And and so Rough Francis set up all of their instruments on the stage, Uh and it was the loudest, (laughs) most exhilarating. (laughs) I mean... I was in Burlington, Vermont, with these guys blaring and jamming their punk rock music. Were people confused? Yes. <laughs> and I loved it. I mean, so many... Were they angry? Oh, I don't know, and Who I knows? don't care, and not my problem. But so many people were, were into it. But I also remember seeing in the front row this... This group of, um, not group, but, you know, I don't know, three or four people that seemed like maybe they were in their 60s or 70s. And I thought, oh, I bet I picked them up in my NPR world, you Uh know, Uh and uh, they seemed a little buttoned up and not or maybe they were just people that went to that church and then uh, (laughs) stuck around and this was what was next. But it was such a funny contrast to have Rough Francis blaring, blowing the windows out of that church. And then I walk on on. stage. Hey, uh, I'm Tig. Cheryl is known for impressions of me. (laughs) (laughs) I am am spot on. Uh, but yeah, I did my uh, my TIG thing, and I have remained friends with Rough Francis. Really? In fact, when they came on tour in Los Angeles, I had just bought a house, and I had no furniture in it, and um, they were on their way, and I said, listen, I don't have even a bed in place, but you are more than welcome to just have my house, the whole band, and uh, 
and they stayed in my echoey, empty home. And uh, I remember my uncle had brewed or purchased some sort of really thick, fancy beer mm-hmm. and, that was in our house. And um, <laughs> and Rough Francis, they drank the beer and then, they, oh, it wasn't my uncle's brew. My uncle had purchased this beer for us that was a very dark, nice beer. And Rough Francis drank it, and then they replaced it like times two, thinking it was our favorite kind of beer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also, uh, what I did have in my house at the time was I, I play guitar, not as good as Death or Rough Francis, but I play guitar. And they had restrung all of my guitars and made them all pretty polished and tuned up and uh it was such a that is crazy yeah so how did you know that they had done that did they tell you or did you uh, realize it i think i just realized it i i i opened my guitar cases i was like what what the that is a that's so yeah that's really so cool so whenever i go through vermont or they're through here or in between you know, we see each other and we keep in touch and text here and there, but they're just the greatest human beings. They're as adorable in person and their music, I highly suggest following them. Go check them out live. Uh, I know that, you know, death is, I I think they're still playing, but I mean. Oh no, I I just, I, I did Google them mm because I wanted to see if they're still playing. And I just Mm -hmm. saw, you know, their, um, their tour dates, which of course things are different now because of COVID, but sure, um, it definitely looked like they were getting around the country mm-hmm. and um, having a good time. It's it's just extraordinary, mm-hmm. you know. It's all of it, just the 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 um, resilience of these guys. Yeah, you know, uh, and just to know that just because this thing didn't work out, that band didn't work out. Like you said, they you can tell that they that they have deep ties with their family, and that's mm-hmm. where their their happiness comes from. Right. Whereas whereas David was a he was a, more of a uh, I don't want to say troubled soul because that's not right, but but he was really consumed with his music. Yeah. In a way that it seemed like um, he had a harder time letting happiness in in any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sort of consumed him and i'm curious do we have that song um of david's i think it was his last music don't you cry we're gonna make it oh my gosh i know his wife was very sweet i know for what 23 years or something yeah and just her emotion speaking about him and going through the highs and lows which you can only imagine it must have been a ride with him but um, yeah. there seems to be a lot of love within that family. Yeah. And um, yeah. forgiveness and coming together and coming apart. and Yeah. I mean, even, you know, Den- being open to change, which is so. Yeah. I mean, even Dennis and Bobby, who could have been um, resentful mm-hmm. um, about David not wanting to change the name of the band, they, they, they didn't seem resentful at all. Right. They seemed like, well, that was. That was who he was, and that's what he believed, and we supported him. 
Well, let's hear um, the Don't You Cry, We're Gonna Make It by uh, David Hackney. Now I know the hurt babes you're going through There ain't nothing babes I wouldn't do for you Someday. Not his most punk rock contribution to music. I was music. about to say it's no, it sounded very uh, uplifting. It's and almost country, folksy, folksy. We're gonna make it. Yeah. Let me call David Hackney, country and country. western. I won't. Let me I'm call him what you. he always I'm was. Not let you. You know what? If anyone played country western, it probably would have been one of the Hackneys. They probably have a country album in them. I These think they guys do it, will do I anything. Think they can do it all. I They've know. switched it up a few times. <laughs> they they really have. And uh, I remember when I suggested we watch this movie, and you're like, "Huh, a band called Death." What was your thought going in? What were you? Did you have any preconceived ideas? Well, it it doesn't sound funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you were right. It's not hilarious. <laughs> it's not hilarious. <laughs> um, and then you said something about punk rock, and I thought i i don't I don't have an appreciation for for punk rock where I would enjoy hearing you know an hour and a half of it. Mm-hmm. And it was not that. Mm-hmm. But I did I did appreciate the music that we did hear in the, in the documentary. Mm-hmm. The thing about punk rock, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know a lot about music. No, we know. But I don't like that it doesn't have a beat. It does have a beat. Not really. Um, do you know what a beat is? Maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this. It doesn't have a steady beat. That has a very steady beat. Oh, I would say a lot of sake. punk music is almost like a metronome, you know? Well, it's like on the offbeat. No, <laughs> no, reggae is on the offbeat. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cheryl. <laughs> um, I'm saying I need, a be- I need a beat I can dance to. You can dance to, to death. You can dance to Rough mm. Francis. What kind of dancing? Are you wanting to salsa? I don't need to. Are you wanting to square dance? I love to square <laughs> dance in my living room. That is another After you I do your improv. I do monologues and then I do some, some solo square dancing. <laughs> Look, we're Maybe. all trying to get through the pandemic, aren't we? <laughs> we do what we can. <laughs> now, um, do you, if you had a punk band, do you have a name mm. that you would call it? Um, Maybe like, fuck off America. Whoa. Oh. We're going to have to bleep that out. In fact, you know, we're going to have to bleep out everything you've said in this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great podcast if one host was just bleeped the entire time. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be so fun! Especially because it's me. So racy. <laughs> well, why do you have a do you have a name? Uh, not after that. No, yeah, it's hard. But I have, I have a least favorite name, and I, uh, I feel, I feel bad with it being my least favorite because I feel like it's an easy attack. And I hate low-hanging fruit. You I know, love it. 
I love low hanging Beep. fruit. Beep. <laughs> because it's probably. <laughs> I mean, low-hanging fruit is, like, so overly ripe that it's, like, bringing the branch down. No, no, no. I was saying that's the band. I know. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I, um, <laughs> I'm realizing that that would be my punk band, <laughs> low-hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, no. I'm starting to... <laughs> but I, just as far as when people make attacks, you know, yeah. when... um. You know, one of the bands that people like to attack that I personally have a top secret affinity for. And my apologies to anyone that now thinks I'm the most uncool person. But I like the Nickelback song. Um, I can't even remember the name of it. But I like Nickelback. Should we end there? are you saying that that you're that I'm you... saying it's low hanging fruit to make fun of Nickelback? Everyone does it. So because, I'm about because of the name. Nickelback? No, because everyone thinks they're terrible, and everyone yeah. thinks that if you like Nickelback, you have terrible taste in music, right. which you're revealing about yourself. The longer this goes on, right, and I'm but telling wait. you, I've got good taste, but I also squeeze in Nickelback. But I also like country and western. But this is a long way to go to say, I can't stand the band name Hoobastank. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Hoobastank. That's bad. Hoobastank. I heard you the first 500 times you said Uh. it. (laughs) Wait, are they the ones... This This is a bad question. Is Tub Thumpers a song or is that... A name of a band. It's a song. <laughs> oh. Who's who sings it? There's something weird about that too, isn't there? Tubba Wubba. Okay, that is a bad. That's a terrible. I got knocked down. <laughs> that's your favorite band. No, that's a terrible name for a band. Is what I'm saying. Worse that's like a than fro- that's like a Huba frozen stink. dessert. Mm, Chubba Wubba. Huba stink. stink is when you leave Chubba Wubba out overnight. <laughs> I wish I wasn't laughing at that joke. I really. I did. I wish I had a moment to think about it before I laugh because I regret it. I did a uh, public radio show where I had to talk about my deepest, darkest secret love of something that everyone hates and I mm. went on public radio and admitted I love Nickelback's autograph photograph and I'm not trying to take away from the fact that I'm admitting I like that song I also think it's very funny because his voice is so angry and the song is about he's reminiscing about good times and he's like um, look at this photograph. Every time I do it makes me laugh. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we can we pull up the song where this is obviously taking time away from really great something good two that bands that I absolutely adore. But mm-hmm. I want you to hear how angry I- his memories make him.
He says he has his photographs <laughs> spread out on his bedroom floor. So this is a man looking through old photos about his childhood, his hometown, his old friends, and he's saying that it makes him laugh so hard, and he sounds like he's going to rip someone's head off. It's really like an angry an angry trip down memory lane. <laughs> it is. It is. And I've, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm like, do I love this song or do I think it's hilarious? But I, every time I hear it, I turn it up. Yeah. And I, I love getting worked up and as angry as he is about it all. Yeah. Anyway. I get it. Moving on. Anyway. Hooba stank, all of that. It's low-hanging fruit, but sometimes it fits. But I do love Nickelback. And listen, I love death and I love... Ruff Francis so much. Oh, I want to get a tattoo, Ruff Francis. Not of a hot dog on your nose? N- no. Okay. That's so weird. I think I, we should I, get I... drunk together one night. And oh, my God. Go get... And go to a tattoo place and... Get... T- and you pick out the tattoo for me and I'll pick out the tattoo for you. <laughs> <laughs> what would a tattoo artist do if Cheryl Hines stumbled in... Drunk as a skunk, and said, "I want to get a tattoo on my nose. I want to. I want to get a hot, a hot dog, a hot, a hot dog, and a hot dog bun on my nose." Would they do it? I really hope. We'll be right back oh. after this commercial. <laughs> I hope. I hope they wouldn't. Yeah, let's hope they wouldn't. Do you have anything that you'd like to say as we uh, barrel out of here? You have anything uh, you want to promote? Um, good health and <laughs> oh. consideration to to your neighbor yeah. or your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay. Just be honest in your life and um, take responsibility for your the bullshit that you do. I'm all for but, that. Yeah. I mean, besides that, you can Google me. Oh, and people do. <laughs> I think you're the if top you, Google search. <laughs> Cheryl Hines wanna, hot dog. If you want to know what's going on, just just hit me on Instagram. <laughs> DM me on Instagram. Oh, I I would like to um to say I have a uh, advice podcast out there called Don't Ask Tig, and not that I'm trying to compete with our podcast. Yeah, that's awkward. But but um, do you give real advice or do you give like oh thanks bullshitty. for listening to it. <laughs> Uh, I'm very busy. I, I don't have I know, time I know. to listen to. I know. I have nothing going on. Um, I give real advice, and mm. I also go down silliness spirals. Mm. So, mm. again, I can always point to the title, Don't Ask Tig, if the advice isn't great for if you. it goes sour. But if I can yeah. give every, anyone really great advice, it's to, you know, check out death and check out yeah a band called death and well not just the movie but the actual band and well, first see the movie and then listen to the music either way this attitude with me just <laughs> check them out and also rough francis they're just great mm. people and real talents mm-hmm. and not not too hard on the eyes yeah. somebody has a crush i feel like i always leave the uh Music episodes with a cr- no you you had a crush no I had I was the Metallica guy yeah 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 I'm the rough Francis guy yeah 
All right. Well, we should do it again sometime. Should we do this? Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right. Join us for next week when we talk about fire, the greatest party that never happened. That was a HeadGum Podcast.